0: But I think the main thing is, at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same 9 by 9 court, and the rules are the same. So we, uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of the you did, you did A little free shout-out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Yeah. Welcome back, boys and girls. I'm not going to pull an effort from last week and call you all a, a mean name as as a, as a friendly. Uh, what, that wasn't mean. <laughs> that was that was endearing. That was it was you know? endearing. It was endearing. Uh, welcome back. We apologize for our very weird scheduling, but as you know, this is the nine by nine. This is the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I am this oh, week. Yeah. And that is Everett Delorme live from his usual place in Toronto, north of the border. Um, we've got, this is episode 110. It's, uh, what is it, Tuesday, February 27th. We've got a lot to talk about. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get into the well, no, Champions first, first, League. First oh, and foremost, I want to welcome oh, yeah. back
1: all of our, our live European u- viewers. Oh yeah, hey, hey we're, we're, we're going back into the daytime here uh, right now. And uh, I'm excited to for all of our, our regular like European and, and Asian listeners to be able to, to pop
0: in. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to have you guys back. I wish we could do it at this time more often, but uh, this is a very, very weird week, and we appreciate you all being flexible with us. And as you know, uh, last week on the show and last week, we did a live watch-along of the CEV Champions League, and there's a lot to talk about because the first leg of the quarterfinals are in the books. Everett, I kind of want to start on the women's side, if that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's uh, let's definitely start with the women's side. First of all, we told y'all. (laughs) <laughs> we told y'all. Where's We told away. y'all. We <laughs> told you that Emoko Corneliano, 2 days after winning the Coppa Italia going to Turkey to take on the defending champions in Vokef Bank. We told y'all that Caneliano was going to be up for that and they were and they beat Vokef Bank pretty convincingly. I know it was 3 to 1. That was that was a pretty convincing 3 to 1. That the Bank won the first 25-23 then it was 17-18 18. 18 not even close but even in the first rob like
1: canigliano led that if it, it wasn't for, like if it wasn't for a bit of a run at the end of that that first set this would have been a three dong yep there was at no point that i really felt like hell especially with that 8-1 start to the to that third set too like my goodness there was at no point where i ever thought that vodka bank was in this game at home too nope at home um this was beautiful it was
0: it was kind of beautiful i felt very validated about this and like (laughs) some some of these numbers on on vakifbank's side are kind of hilarious uh as a team they hit 178 efficiency yikes 40 for 112 with 20 errors uh block 12 times eight unforced um so 178 team efficiency is horrendous Uh, Gabi Guimara was the only player with a pulse on offense. Jordan Thompson was horrible. Uh, Ali Franti, similarly bad. And another part that really blew me away, Everett, Fakif Bank only had four blocks as a team, all of them belonging to Chiakog Bogu. What that tells me is that if literally none of your team is in any way part of the game in the blocking phase, then you are getting destroyed by the opposing setter. And no surprise at all. That to me is a
1: game plan. Right. Sure. Because if you're coming if you're coming down over the course of four sets and only one of your athletes are getting blocks, that means you're not game planning properly. Right. Right? That means that means your athletes have no idea what's going on and what that offense is 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 trying to do. And now half of it has to be credit to uh and, and Caniglian and Vologe and how they run that offense. It's so spread out. Like if, if you if you just look at these numbers, sure, Hawks out there getting a big bulk of it, but you still have two other attackers on the left side who are still getting double digits attacking. Right. Like it is such a nicely run offense and it's just so well spread out. And this is where you see the genius of Santorelli versus maybe just I think Quidetti is really good at managing emotions and managing a team of of superstars. But he doesn't have the game plan, and he doesn't have the thoroughness that Santorelli has, and that's why Santorelli has absolutely throttled him over yeah, the past few years.
0: Completely ran circles around him from an X's and O's perspective. I mean, uh, the the blocking sim, the blocking disparity: four for Vokov Bank as a team, twelve for Corneliano. That's three blocks per set. That that's outstanding and uh then offensive efficiency was off the charts i mean if if coneliano didn't make so many unforced errors this would have been even yep. more lopsided but uh just every single category Corneliano was better in every phase isabel Hawk dropped 28 points in four sets which is insane That's well, a- like, they, they, they just dominated the game in every
1: phase like even if you look at the serving numbers right yep. five aces compared to just one 18 errors compared compared to just 10 right so you can tell that they're like we're gonna play our game we're gonna come you i come on to you at full force because we know you can't handle it we know that if it comes down to uh isabel hawk versus jordan thompson that they can't handle it we know that our outsides can hit like it's it's just like we're gonna come at you full force and we we know you can't handle it that's that's exactly
0: what happened exactly even the passing numbers i mean katherine Plummer is going to be a serving target most places she goes she held in there fantastically well yeah, you 60, can say that 61 positive percent 36 percent perfect and not aced once like that's fantastic no. and that that will hurt any team's game plan not not that uh not that cadetti really had any answers De- or anything degenaro was, was
1: their worst passer on the day yeah
0: and she <laughs> you see she got she got a kill i think it was late in the fourth set she got lit up uh i think off of her shoulder maybe even like off the side of her head and it went over the net on one and scored and <laughs> when, that one. yeah when that happened I'm like yeah it, it's over uh and speaking of things that are over this series is over they go back to italy this week uh, caneliano I- needs two sets this series is over uh, Vokov Bank thanks for participating. You will not be going back to the finals. Uh, Corneliano is moving on to the semis. I'm calling it right now. They are they are a superior team in every phase. Yep, they, they
1: really are. Um not, not much more to say here. Vokov Bank is is slowly crumbling and it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this because they've been on the top for for so long and now it's clear that that uh there's just a little bit of a dip there.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of a dip there. Um, speaking of games that we don't really have to talk about that much, uh, Malonza went to Poland and beat LKS Woodch pretty convincingly, three to one. Just that one, that that second set uh, really got out of hand for Malonza. Woodch went on a big run and ended up being, I think, yeah, twenty-five to fourteen. That's not pretty. Um, and uh, it was great looking at the. You can the CV lets you break down stats by set. In set number two, Miriam Silla 0 for ten attacking. <laughs> Awful. So uh, just everything went wrong for Malonza in the second, but everything went right for them everywhere else. Uh, I also wanted to shout out Teodora Pusic, who got the start at Libero. Only passed a casual 89% positive, 72% perfect. That's pretty filthy. That's, 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 that is that's that's absolutely filthy. You got to love it. And uh, Dana Retke as well, 16 points on nine kills and seven blocks. Uh, four blocks for Laura Heyerman as well. This is just an, another... I mean, Malonza has way more talent, and way more firepower, featuring Paolo Egonu, obviously. But they clearly also game-planned Wood's offense really well. I mean, 14 blocks in four sets is a big, big number. That tells me that Malonza's athletes were
1: really prepared. Yeah, they were, and I would expect them to be. I think Malonza has sights on the Champions League finals.
0: What's as they should.
1: What's what's the bracket look like again? What's out of the bracket? bracket uh, think? So they they is would on? play
0: the Fenerbahce Stuttgart winner, and we'll obviously get to that series because yeah. You can... Much it more. got spicy yeah. <laughs> um uh
1: which which uh, the last two games that we have to talk about here Rob in this in this women's quarterfinals were both massive they both were. five both five setters do you have was, anything
0: do you have any anything else about Malonzo before we move on from them cuz I kind of don't no i don't i don't think right. i watched this match i
1: glazed at it a few times that's 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 about it
0: right. um you want to go with the upset or the the the, b- the banger which which five setter do you want to move on to?
1: Let's start. Let's start with the upset because there's no uh, there's no stats for the banger for some reason. I know it's so. I don't, annoying. and Steve. I like I, I swear to God there was match match stats
0: during the match. Um, luckily we watched that one, so like we somewhat. Did. Yeah, we did. But let, let's let's start with Stuttgart beating Fenerbahce in five in Germany. A crazy upset. Uh, this is not even close to what any of us saw coming. Uh, Fener, Fenerbahce won the first. Fenerbahce was up late in the second and I was like okay this is the three dong that we all expected it to be yeah Stuttgart stormed back won it in overtime ended up like and then man every punch that Fenerbahce threw Stuttgart was able to respond and like what you say whatever you want about roster construction talent whatever this was a mental fortitude check for Stuttgart's franchise and they kept getting up off the mat after taking punches and were able to punch back and No matter what happens the rest of the series, because we know how this kind of goes historically when an underseeded team wins the home leg in five and then has to go on the road and do it again. We we know how this typically goes. No matter what happens, Stuttgart deserves a huge, huge, huge amount of credit for this win. This one was a battle. Like you for can't, sure. you can't look at this
1: one and say that. Oh, Fenner just paid, played poorly. I think they played poorly because Stuttgart refused to sit down, and it was it was a team battle through and through from the Stuttgart team as well. You look at the amount of, of of hitters that they have in in double digits. It's quite impressive. Of course, Crystal Rivers, as always, she's going to lead the bus for them. Twenty two points on on fifty one attempts. She was huge. But like you could just feel that there was a belief in that Stuttgart gym, and um it carried them through because if came back nicely uh after after and you know kind of handled it in the third set and i was watching that one and i was just kind of like oh okay this this is going to be fine and i went away from it and i didn't see much of of the fourth set because i was doing other things I had to come back watch the fifth and i was like what is going on here and Stuttgart, you know like they just got into that momentum they just got in into that run and fenerbache couldn't break them
0: no, they couldn't, and what normally has been such a massive strength of Fenerbahce was their serving, but they actually got basically outserved statistically by Stuttgart. Now, um, Fenerbahce, eight aces to 16 service errors. One to two, like that's not bad. That's a good ratio, especially for as aggressive as they are serving when I mean, Sava had four. But, I mean, look at Stuttgart's numbers. Seven aces, only five errors in a five-set match. That's amazing. That's-
1: they were there serving incredibly like it was it, it, that was really the the linchpin is that they were just able to keep the, that pressure on and keep pushing um like like i mean federer still had 31 right like so it's oh, yeah. not like they were able it's it, it's incredible i would have liked to seen uh a little bit more from where was how was zizak in this one CZac was was a little yeah. bit disappointing and, and that's yeah. kind of why we saw Melissa Vargas come in as well. Uh,
0: but she only came in a little bit uh, like yeah are up-, up-, up smatteringly here and there they, they did make a setter change though uh, they brought in Boucher Unal who I don't really know anything about because uh, Boyana Gercha just wasn't doing it that day so w- whatever take take that however you will uh, Ada Airden was amazing by the way uh, six for 12 attacking six blocks three aces for a middle like that's sick. But yeah, it wasn't enough. Like Stuttgart just had answers for all the punches. I was really impressed with this with with their serve and pass game. As so many things have to start, and when you don't have the firepower of your opponent, you got to pass the ball real, real well. And I wouldn't say the, the numbers aren't great, but they fought off probably the best serving team in all of volleyball well enough. They took those sixteen Fenerbahce service errors straight to the bank, and uh, like that that's that's an eleven point difference in in service error differential. Across five sets, that makes a huge difference. And um, the, with the aces being approximately equal, and Stuttgart blocked the ball great too. Like they, they did all the little things yeah. in like a way that told me that they were prepared for this, which was really cool. Yeah. You now un- unfortunately, uh, now they have to go to Istanbul and do it again. And if they yeah. don't if they don't take two sets, they're just done. That, that's the that, the, uh... the beauty and and the pain of the Champions League format.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they're going to be able to take two sets because that's going to be a tall order to go into to Istanbul to play in Fenerbahce's barn and just try to pull that out because it's 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 going to be a, a difficult one, no doubt. I really like the style of play from the Germans, though, and I think this is the way the German team should be playing, is playing, like, taking care of the details, playing, like, little ball in and out. Did we just have Joe Worsley jump
0: into the chat? What's going on? Is Joe here? Yeah, Joe Worsley. Just oh, Joe, what's up, homie? Cast. MVP of the French League, the man himself. Uh, welcome not, to the chat, Joe. It's great to have you. He's he's been the top of the conversation recently. Uh, the <laughs> hey, <laughs> a of hey, Joe, are, are you are you aware that Everett made a comparison the other week, saying that if you were Italian, you would be considered to be a better setter than Paolo Poro? It's the fuel fuel for your ego on that one. <laughs> Yeah. hey you know what
1: you can you can go back and see my reasonings although i think most of my reasoning was in the uh was in the while well, i've watched along uh for champions league last week uh um, yeah okay But yeah anyway right. well, uh yeah welcome to the show um, rob i I'm also not... put in some stats for um uh exhaustion Buncher versus scandici
0: uh, thank you i actually got Norton. it too some somebody uh sent it to us on discord we appreciate that uh yeah but before we move on to that series do you think everett that stuttgart can win this series or do you think that fenerbahce at home is just there's an t-
1: outside t- chance yeah i think there's a, there's an outside chance and like this th- but they have to play exactly they have to find that same level of play that they did in this one right and that to me is i don't know if that's possible and we've seen this so many times like what was it when uh busto beat uh Bank yep. a few years ago after beating beating Zash basha off, off the back of alexa gray and camille mongardi right like it's, it's re- going to be a really, really tough one to go into Istanbul to play at Fenerbahce and to be able to pull out two sets. like that That is going to be difficult. But it's just two sets at the same time. like It could get interesting.
0: True. And as we talk about, Fenerbahce's recipe for success is serving, and serving is volatile. And you never know what's going to happen. But, uh, absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. And my I, question is, Rob, is this does this situation call for Varga getting the start this week? Do we get a Melissa Vargas start for Fenerbahce earlier than we expected? You and I have both been calling her for just to sit most of this out, get ready for national national team
0: season, right? She just had surgery. Do we see her start? I would still say no. But desperate times call for desperate measures. If you're about to get knocked out of Champions League by a German team at home, then you've got a problem on your hands, and you got to pull out all the stops. But uh, Birkai is saying in the chat, Fenerbahce has the best home court advantage in all of women's volleyball, and the game's already sold out. Doesn't surprise me at all. So, yeah. um, I mean, we have Everett and I have very high opinions of Turkish home crowds. They uh, they make a massive difference. They might be the
1: best in volleyball.
0: Very possibly. Yeah, very. They, they might be. Birkai don't. Take that one to
1: the bank, okay? Don't get to it. <laughs> don't let it go to your head. <laughs> don't let it don't let it go. don't let it go
0: to your head. You All damn right. you damn Turkish fan, <laughs> tagging well, us
1: tagging us in comments at five thirty in the morning,
0: just being like, I, I, I mean we, we got to go back to whoever tagged us in, in the comment about Grab this yeah, I was. I expect it. <laughs> you should be ashamed. I expect a video including tears when Vakif Bank 3 Donna's Canaliano at home. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the video that you owe us about you crying about yeah, it after we were totally where's, right. Where's, about your, that. where's your tears, Ramway? Right? Um, <laughs> and uh, speaking of.
1: This time, not so much uh, Turkish tears. Xasa Basha, they went 0-2 against Skandici in the pool play of the Champions League. And they were able to pull this one out. Boscovic with 31. My girl, Alexa Gray, dropped 22. And this one was a battle. Because we've seen those other games be a battle. I was expecting Scandici to come back. But, man, Exasha Basha looked really good in this one.
0: Yeah, this was awesome to watch. And the 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 big thing for them, too, is that they dealt with their setter getting hurt. Ali uh, Shaheen went down with a rolled ankle in, I think, the second set. And, uh, of course, you have Naz Idemir who's set for the national team forever, to, uh, as the veteran to be able to come off the bench. And that turned out to be a massive, massive difference to be able to roll... With a punch of your setter getting hurt and still win a match against a good team anyway, uh, I was very impressed by that. Uh, yeah, Boskovic obviously carried 31, like you said, Alexa Gray 22 on pretty good reception. That was is that the most points she scored in a match this year? I mean, 22 yeah, for an outside hitter
1: is enormous. Oh,
0: well, I know. I think
1: she, she was in the 20s for the, uh, the 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 Super Cup at the beginning of the season uh, for them when they when they won. Um, but I, I yeah, it, she's she hasn't really seen the court. All, all that much, but True. this is what, like, and this is and like, this is this is me knowing Alexa Griez for game for a long time, and this is no shot at her. But she's always kind of been that big game player, you know. If I if I even go back to like the 2013 Canada games where her she led an Alberta team to a gold medal, she floated through that tournament, how she throated floated through that most of that gold medal game until they were down 02 and they were able to change things up and, and everything. So she's a big game player, like, when when the when the something's on the line that when she shows up and like, Hey, that's what we saw for her last year, uh, in the the finals, right. For, for Canigliano. And that's why they were able to win that, that championship. So this, this performance from her doesn't surprise me in the slightest.
0: No, me neither. Now, the thing about this is that, I'm kind of surprised that Scandichi even two, took two sets with how poorly their statistics are coming across. And they've probably got to be feeling like this is a real missed opportunity because you caught it Zajabasha when their setter got hurt in the second set and you weren't able to pounce on that and capitalize. I mean, look at look Zhu at Ting's numbers. Nine for 37 with two errors. Or, or yeah. even if
1: even if you look at Antropo's numbers, she was 16 for 51. With she had fifty one. She hit 31%. Yeah, exactly. Add another 10 errors on that. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty for Scandici. I do think that they got some... It was It was one of those classic ones where they were getting opportune points um, at opportune times.
0: And I think... Uh, I can't remember if it was last week on the 9 by 9 or it was when we were doing our watch-along with all the games. It was probably during our watch-along. But I had the take, and I want to say it again. My take is that I don't think Maya Unjanovic is a very good setter of the middles. And the reason why is I think the because her hands are slow. Her hands are very good, to be clear. But her hands are slow. The ball stays in her hands for a long time. Uh, as a middle attacker, especially in front of the setter, like if you're running the slide behind, it, it is a, a little easier to deal with if the ball sticks in your setter's hands for a while. But um, if you're running in front of the setter and the ball sticks in your setter's hands for as long as it does in Maya's, it's difficult to connect with that. And you can kind of see it in Lyndon Wacalore and Ana Carolina's Attacking numbers, like yeah, for sure. What is that? Thirteen for thirty-two with six errors combined for yeah. two middles. Is that is not good? No, you Especially need to be running your caliber. One hundred
1: percent. You need to be running your middles way over fifty percent hitting. Wait, like that. Like that should be. You should be hitting at like at least a seventy, like 80, 70 hitting, way over fifty percent efficiency. And that's not what we're seeing from them. You know what? I think you you did say it during the the live stream, and I fully agree with that the more i was watching it they're just slow she doesn't really shoot the ball to it they're just kind of hanging there like there's 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 just so much it, it, it just lacks a lot of intention uh for me and that's what yeah. really what i really want to see from my my setter when setting the middles that there's a lot of a lot of attention in, yeah. and, uh, and it's
0: just kind of just, like, just kind of floats it in there yeah it's just kind of just floated in there yeah the ball comes out of her hand slow it it makes a difference at that level oh, and shit. Yanovich playing against her former team—that that's a big storyline too. And yeah, people were saying in the chat that Tiana Boscovich was wasn't clutch. I I kind of agree with that. She definitely served she the ball badly. Of, and she, she made served made the ball really air. badly too, and and yeah. made errors in in unclutch times. I think like the the timing of her play uh, wasn't all that good. But again, Zajac just still won this game with a backup setter. But that's kind of what I mean. Like Skandici really missed an opportunity here to to grab this game. And now because it ended in five, like when when it comes to the return leg, literally anything can happen. And Mm -hmm. we've seen Scandichi beat him twice, like you said, in pool play. But uh, this was not the highest level game that either of these two teams have played this year. And uh, whichever one of them can respond faster and make a couple adjustments is going to have a great chance to move on to Champions League. Yeah, it's going to be... It it it. This, I think this one's gonna this one's gonna be interesting for sure. This this
1: oh, one's yeah. gonna be interesting without a doubt. I think that Scandici they have the quality everywhere that they can still play well through the points, even when it's when it's not figuring out. You know, like I think that especially we're seeing Boscovich be unclutched because ultimately, like this is like this Scandici team is very very good defensively. Right? They, yes, block. they are. They block very well. Prochiali per- 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 in the back row is fantastic, and, and she touches up a lot, right? I, I think this is this is one of those ones where dig stats really show, like dig stats would really show how this game was played. Where Scandici was consistently on their heels, consistently just like feeding that barrage. Because once the Basha um, offense opened, like if you can get Alexa Gray, who was playing at the level that she was, dropping twenty-two points, and Boscovich— then it's, then it's a big difference, right? It's a big difference in this game.
0: Yep, I agree with that. So uh, coming up, let's see, this week, the schedule for women, the second leg of women's quarterfinals. Um, Stuttgart at Fenerbahce is tomorrow. It's Ajibasha at Scandici is also tomorrow. Then Vakifbank at Corneliano is Thursday. L- Woodge at malonza also thursday so in a couple of days we will know who our semi-finalists are and uh, it's both the games tomorrow which are going to be probably the spiciest because yeah. uh, both of them went five last week and it just creates a lot more uh, different possible scenarios with the format yo rob i am i am over all this uh, beatrice
1: pure Cali take i what, what what's what's the take people some people think she's not good and there were seeing oh she's very that good right now i think she's real good the no, fact I like that her. the fact that they have what's her Fits coming back um for next year like yeah frokiou is a class libero
0: i yeah. i like her. i like her a lot yeah i agree I, I think she's very good too uh speaking of good liberos yes seemgeako's for Zajabasha gets credit people in the chat are asking us for that uh all right you ready to move on to the men's side Berkai. Burkai is asking for that.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> let's 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 move over to uh to the men's side. And this one, Rob, was interesting. We saw some real good games. Oh, hey Rob's dad. How's it going? A yep. little, little Faja action, uh walking back there. Where where do you want to start with this?
0: Um let's see. Maybe I think chronologically the first game was this one, uh Lube beating Hawkbank three to one, which is one of the more interesting games for sure let's let's definitely start with that because this one
1: looked early on like it was going to be uh Hulk Bank and then Lube was able to come in in the first like come back a little bit in the first set and then they dominated they they dominated this match,
0: yep uh Marlon Yants and Alex Nikolov, who. By the way, neither of them are over 22 years of age. Were both just ridiculously good this game. Uh, Nikolov 15 for 25, two errors. Yant 16 for 29, four errors. Um, as a team, Lube hit 59, percent which is insane. Uh, Decheco himself went five for five, which which is insane too. I haven't seen Dacheco attack five balls like maybe ever. Yeah. And uh, and other than Namir, who put up 27, uh, Hawkbank's offense just was not good enough. Was not good enough last week.
1: This was this was a classic DeChenko game. Like De Checo was turned on for this game. The offense was spread. It was running. It was running smoothly. It was buttery. Um, it's it's what we what we come to expect from DeChenko when he's at his prime. Now, I think we we have we do have the Mr. Dr. Checo and Mr. Hyde kind of situation with DeChenko. We have the De and DeChungus. <laughs> you know if you if you get one he's gonna be really good and if you get the other then he may you know sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit right uh and this time he was really good um you really saw it and in, in nikolov and, and the way that he was playing like just he's such an offensive weapon it's so much fun to watch him play like he has the best and he has just like the best arm in the game i love watching him like i want to see him play again in person rob so i can just film his arm in slow-mo it is. It is one of the most beautiful things out there. Are they? Really? Uh,
0: they're, they're not in Ottawa for VNL, are they? No, I don't wow. think so. Bummer. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, and re- reception for Lube not bad. Forty-six uh, percent positive. Like they they fought off, uh, Hawkbank servers well enough. Hawkbank serving six aces, twenty errors. Twenty is a <laughs> lot in four sets. Yeah. Uh, not not just mention that you know three of those are on ingapeth and the other one are
1: on your lib <laughs> in the in the in the six in the uh, six aces or sorry the six times they got five times they got aced for for Bank yeah it was it was a bad game by it was a bad ingapeth game it was um, I don't disagree with Brick in the chat that I thought they should have subbed out ingapeth and brought in Mer- like had Mirza and Gord play um, but yeah,
0: yeah. It's they, not like they have any foreigner limit constraints. Like, it, unless it's just Irvin's personality that they don't feel like they can bench him, which is possible.
1: That's uh, very much possible. Very but also, like, you know, they they've talked about how Kovac. I like. I could see Kovac not wanting to take out
0: Ingepeth. Yeah, I mean, kind of just kind of the way that Hulkbank is. You're you're going to ride or die with ingapet and namir and if those guys are going to lose you again then they're going to lose you a game but they uh they also could easily come back in this series and win it in a golden set if, if both of them turn it on on the road this week now that's that's going to be hard to do if if lubez is locked in as they looked last week but they, they've been they've had a weird year since the beginning and um have struggled to play consistently but like yeah as we'll when, when talk you, about this weekend yeah <laughs> as, as we'll talk about with their super League result but yeah like when you look at Two, two outside hitters that are both under the age of 22 putting up numbers like that in a Champions League quarterfinal game. And you have superstars of, of the nature of Namir and Ervin Ingapet on the other side uh, not putting up nearly the same numbers. Not only is that uh, really reflective on those two young players for Lube, it's also just a huge setting disparity. Um, Luciano DiCecco ran circles around Mike Amaha this game. It just has to be said.
1: Yeah, he. It, it, this was really the master showing the the pupil what what needed to be done. Um, and you know they know each other well. There's all those uh, no easy buckets uh, videos running around and 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 stuff like that. Um, but you you know when Dechko is really good, when you see how efficient the middles are being, right? Eight for ten for for Cinezzi in the middle. Uh, for, for some Bianzani, and he just used them so well. He picked his times. And that just this allows things to open up for for everything else, and they can just run it so fast with with when they have Yant, it, with with it, no matter how they have it, whether it's Botolo or Yant or um, Nikolov, they can run it so fast to the pin, and especially they have to run it fast to the pin because it needs to be a little bit higher to go outside to Lugumzia, anyways. Um, but this was a prime Dacheco match, and I think like how good would this uh, like Hulk Bank team look? if they had picked up Gianni instead of uh, slow, or Kovac
0: oh, That uh I, I, I still love that. And maybe, like I don't know what they have planned for next year, but maybe that's in the cards for next year because Gianni's uh, relationship with Ingepet is well-documented. And he had Namir for a year there in Modena too. So yeah. I think he would oh, yeah. be a good guy for that job
1: namir and moda and angabeth both played for him like that that would have been a perfect perfect guy for the job if this team is to stay together i don't know what exactly they look like but this i think this is because you have to go now back to lube and play lube at home now you can potentially force a golden set you need to you need to win in three, three or four. three or, three or four yeah. um I think if there is a team that could do that, that likes to play with their back against the wall, it would be Hawkbank. Bank. And I think that there's a team that has a, because like, you know, Engapeth loves to play with his back against the wall. Like he's a fighter in more, more sense of the word. Than <laughs> uh, um, uh, right. So like, you know, that this team is going to kind of like, if this tweet, if this team is going to, if if there's a team that's gonna be able to back them out of this situation, I think it's Hawkbank. Bank.
0: So that's yeah, why I... the series definitely not over. Series no, is definitely no, not no, over. No. Far from not it at all. Not at all. Hey, not you know what's point. you know what series is over? Yeah. I do. That
1: that series is is finito Bobino. Yep. Um, Goodbye
0: Berlin. Thank you for participating. 18-17-17 at home against Trentino. Uh if you think they have any chance of winning a set on the road in Italy this week, you are crazy. Uh I don't really think we need to talk about this like at all except for the fact that Micheletto and lavia combined had 40 40 points for your two outside hitters in three sets
1: it's just this is it's not even david worth goliath it's you know bulldozer against an anthill that's (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of what it is there is one team that is on a path to um to uh like 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 not only to win this tournament but to repeat as scudetto champions and there's one team that's happy to be here that's happy to be in the in the quarterfinals cuz anything else would just be would just would just be a treat oh yeah peter you are right namir is leaving for japan so this this uh, help Bank mm. team is done so um yo that's that this whole japan situation is getting awesome we're going to have right. we're going to have a literature team i've i've got some stuff breaking it down
0: i know you do but we don't talk about transfers midseason on this show Oh, come on. Don't no, get your, don't get your panties in a bunch. No, dude, it's um, literally the champions in quarterfinals. Why are we already talking about next year? Uh, we don't need to talk about this series anymore. Congratulations, Trentino. You're going to the semis. Let's move on. Piacenza beats JSW at home in five. This game was very fun. Uh, we had it on our sort of watch along last week. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry for those who were
1: watching along. My computer literally shut down uh, in the fifth set. And uh, yeah, I miss I miss the end of this game as well too, but uh, it was this one. This one was a spicy game, like this oh, one, yeah. went back and forth, and you'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, Piacenza first. The the first person you have to give credit to is Lucarelli. Uh, mm-hmm. He was awesome. Uh, twenty four points, twenty one for thirty seven. Uh, really just doing it in every phase, and is the guy kind of like I've said before that that is that that kind of one all phase player that Piacenza can. Occasionally get on his back and have him take, like, just at least win a set. I don't know if Lucarelli can single handedly win you a match, but he can definitely oh, win you a set again. He 100% can win you a match. Yeah. You well, know how many times
1: he's done it with Brazil? He's really well, good, dude. You've seen think... him do it with, with so many yeah. different teams. Lucarelli is really,
0: really underrated. But the other thing is that they did this really without Yuri Romano. Like, he was horrendous <sighs> the first two sets. Uh, they brought in Gironi, who uh, they did a good job in not letting him affect the game that much one way or the other which is credit to Piacenza. And then they, they, they bring Yuri Romano in at the end as a closer in the fifth set and he plays decent. And you actually kind of talked about this ever, like in the context of the Italian national team, what if like analogous to pitching in baseball, if Camille Ricklitsky was the starting pitcher Mm -hmm. and then Yuri Romano was the closer. Yeah. He's there's, I
1: don't know. And this is a big credit to Romano. I don't know if there's any other player in volleyball who can be playing shit, benched, and come in the fifth set and be able to be good. Yeah. And and I just think this. And this is maybe not so much of a credit to Romano. I don't think there's as many players who have that much dumb belief in themselves. You know that just <laughs> that, that could just tell them like tell themselves like they're the man and that, and yeah, you that know
0: dumb it, blind opposite confidence. But that that's like that's what you gotta have when you play that position. Sometimes it's kind of beautiful. Know,
1: it's it's like those guys in the NFL. And then they were saying they're like you know someone asked me like do you think you're the best? You're be like absolutely. And I had to tell myself I was the best because if if you're at that level and you're not telling yourself you're, you're you're the best and you're you're not telling yourself that you you're better than everyone else you see on the court, then you don't belong to be there. Hundred percent. Like I like I know that it was true for me, um, at, at, even at the college level, that like I thought I was better than everyone else on the court. Now I absolutely wasn't. I was shit, <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I some... thought it, and it, it's what allowed me to be on the court
0: sometimes. Hey, if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna believe it about yourself, then no one else is gonna believe it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of players that should never ever under any circumstances be telling themselves that they're the best, uh, the devil works hard, but Marco Sedlacek's agent works harder. When Rafael Shimura was was not good enough and uh, had to put in Marco Sedlicek for JSW, they collapsed. And I give credit to Piacenza for this, is when you see a guy like that come in on the court on the, across from you, the right thing to do is make that guy touch the ball as much as humanly possible. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, Piacenza pressured Sedlicek so much that they had to sub Shimura back into the game. And he ended up, what did he, Shimura 9 for 25 with 8 errors? Excellent game planning. E- excellent game planning for once by Piacenza under Andre Anastasi. And um, the, the second outside hitter position continues to be a big problem for JSW that uh, might be the thing that costs them Champions League if they don't get it fixed at home next week.
1: I think this was this was a massive issue for JSW, but it also affected there's another two things. First and foremost, because all won the center battle on this one. He, he won did. the battle of the French centers. There's there's awesome. no doubt of, no no doubt about it uh whatsoever. Even if you look at like the blocking numbers, like Piacenza's block was just like on like white on rice all day long on JW. Um and, and the other thing to me is Thomas Fornell needs to be better. You can't go nine for 24 in the Champions League like this. I don't care if you didn't have any errors. He needs to be a guy who imposes himself on the game. He needs to be that type of player. You're the reigning MVP. You get in this situation and say, hey, it's give me the fucking ball. No, you don't give it whoever that P2 is. You don't go to the middle. Sure, yeah, you can maybe go to Petsky. Petsky had a, a decent day, but if now wants to be the guy, you want he wants to be starting beside beside Leon or Sliwka or whoever it is when it comes to this Polish national team. He needs to step up in these big game situations. Look at a guy like Lucarelli, who's used to being there, who's used to being that guy, who's used to shouldering that load, right? JW hasn't really won anything with now Okay, I guess they won the Plus League. And they won
0: the Plus League last year. Yeah, he was okay. the MVP yeah. of the league. So I
1: thought I stopped myself.
0: I, I said it and immediately <laughs> but, immediately went back on hey, it. And you okay, are right but, about this. You are right about this. He if, 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 needs to be a guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If if you're the if you want to be the guy and you're now you, you gotta you gotta demand the ball and and produce for for maybe one and a half's worth of outside hitter production in a situation like this when when shimmer is not having a very good day. I completely agree with that. The other thing that I agree with is that Norbert Huber's case for being one of the best middle blockers in the world should have dissolved into little pieces if anybody watched this game. He was not good enough. Uh, He did not have an impact on the game. He went 9 for 17, attacking with four errors. That is like 30% efficiency maybe for one of the best middle attackers in the world. is not acceptable. Three unforced errors, just long out of bounds, like unable to get on top of the ball, which makes no sense. And then that one play, that overpass play, when all he needed to do was go up against that ball and be a presence, and instead oh, yeah. he remember that instead he yeah. hand passed it and then hit it out of bounds. Like yeah. what? and oh. then he got single handedly like just put in a phone booth by Romy Alonso a number of times, who came in and off the bench for Piacenzo and was awesome to his yeah. credit. Like to Hoover me- got outplayed by both Cuban middles on Piacenza's team. I mean, yeah. One of them like like and and in my eyes,
1: he's kind of sandwiched between the two. In, in terms of, of quality. like And we, we saw Huber make, make good plays. Like some of his blocks were timely in this. Yeah. And I think he has the ability to make those athletic plays. And when things are going well for him, he knows how to be well. There's just, he doesn't have that professionalism like there's so many times I look at him and he's just left flat-footed on the court. He's not ready and he he's not prepared. I don't give a shit if you can make the athletic plays. Romano can make the athletic plays. Romano can come in off the bench and serve bombs in the fifth set. But you know who makes consistent plays in, in throughout the game is a guy like Simone. Is a guy like Romano Alonso. I love watching Alonso play. Just just from watching Huber's like outlook, like he's it's a effort fan.
0: man. It's effort. effort. Romeo Alonso effort. put in so much more effort in that game than Norbert Huber did. That there was that one one ball against Huber that Alonso got a, a fantastic block touch and then busted his ass in transition, got off mm-hmm. the net, worked so hard to get back and get an approach and got up and killed the ball in transition. Like that, yeah. He, he just straight up outworked, out efforted Huber one to one in that play. Once
1: Huber can bring that level of of commitment and consistency in his game, the physical side of him will take over. His timing side and his skill will will take over hundred percent. He's just lacking that consistency. And to me, it comes down to all all down to his preparation and his like thoroughness to work hard play in and play out. That's why, that's why I would take Kuba over Huber any day.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. That, that's not debatable. I, I still think that Huber is is probably the third middle on Poland because Mateusz Bieniek serving is just too valuable. But yeah. interesting decision for Gerbich to have to make. but uh,
1: Once again, still a top 10 middle in the world, though. Yeah, definitely. This is just a fun conversation to have. Uh, so, Everett, who well,
0: wins the return leg in Poland tomorrow, uh, noon well, Eastern? Who wins the return leg?
1: Well see that's the thing here is that I do think that JW put themselves in a decent spot right like I I do think that they were able to to kind of go in and be like hey like we can you know like we 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 can we can bring this to five and still force a golden, golden set right and to be able to play at home so yeah I expect a better game from from JW no doubt I'm expecting for now the score drop 20 plus points if I was a betting man I would be betting like, if there was over under 4 4 4 now, like, he's dropping 20 plus points, no doubt about it. And he's probably going to serve like three aces. So it really is can Piacenza handle the storm? Um, yep. And that to me is I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be able to play against the, like, with their, not their backs against the wall, but against a, in a hostile territory in a JW
0: gym that is one of the toughest to play in in all of volleyball. I think that's that's a great question, but uh, I actually have Piacenza here. I, I think they win it uh, – I don't even think they need a golden set. I think they win it in four, maybe five. But I, I could easily see them going on the road and uh, replicating a similar formula to put a lot of pressure on those couple JSW weak points. And I honestly think they're going to get this done. I think JW wins this one. I really? Think they, I think they – you know what? You think maybe I six th- sets? You think a, a five setter and then a golden set? No, I think JW – gets a full three points from this Ooh!
1: i think jw wins it in four okay yeah i think we're gonna get a really really good full Nile game and i think we're gonna get a really really good Jean Patrick game
0: one uh one difference here is that marcelo mendez is a substantially better coach than andrea anastasi without and, uh, a doubt like if and that's that's one thing that i'm
1: absolutely banging on is that they're going to be game planned and game re- game ready for this game
0: yeah absolutely yeah. All right, Last but not least, uh, the one game that was on Thursday. I didn't watch this as much, but uh, my it certainly got my attention when uh, Guaguas Las Palmas destroyed Zirad Bank Ankara in the first set. I think it was like uh, it ended up being twenty-five seventeen. It actually wasn't even that close. It was sixteen to eight at one point. It was twenty-one to twelve at one point. And I was like, Whoa, what, what on earth is going on here? Then an hour or so later, I think there were a total of four red cards given out, if the Discord was informing me correctly. Uh Zirot Bank does win the game in four and takes those crucial three points. Uh I didn't watch as much of this. Ever do you know what what was the situation around those red cards? Was it just I like Termoth and Nicolas Bruno yelling at each other too much? that's that's from what i heard i honestly did not watch this game either i had a i had an interview
1: to go to um but uh yeah i i have no idea four red cards sounds crazy four red cards is nuts yeah i i didn't i should we should go back and look at the the uh the discord about this one um but i'm not too surprised either i mean i love i love this this guagua's team and what they've been able to do of course you got the goat Graham Viagra's going out there, and he was like the second best player out there for them. He dropped yeah, he was. Nine. he was nine for twelve and got three blocks, um, and not to mention was their best server on the day with nineteen attempts and only and only one error. So, like Graham, if you're listening to this, uh, one more uh, one more season in a Maple Volley to- <laughs> busy, please. Hey, uh, we, that, we would,
0: know, that would we, be great. We know Graham's a fan of the show. Uh,
1: yeah, so, yeah uh, I
0: mean, better team one here, Uh Zirot, has a has a great chance to do some real damage in this Champions League. I think their their middles are going to be really good for them down the stretch. Even even Oriol Camejo played pretty good in this one, 16 for 22 and didn't get served off the court, which is a nice sign for them. Uh Matt Anderson, Victor Termont, 16 points each. Um I, I don't this is just going to be re- a really hard job for Guaguas going to Turkey. That's a that's difficult travel, um playing in an insanely hostile environment and can't even lose two sets. So uh, I think this series is 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 over. I would like to go back and, and digest a little more of what happened with those red cards, just because uh, these two teams uh, definitely r- tend to run a little bit hot, which is fun.
1: Yeah, it is a little fun. It sounds like from Berkay that Arslan Exi just completely lost
0: control. Uh, and he Yeah, they, 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 that's he's... right. They, they brought in a backup setter. Yeah. Yeah, this Yatkin guy uh, who I, I haven't seen before, but in the little bit that I watched of the latter half of the match, I thought he set the ball pretty well absolutely
1: uh for those wanting to know the challenge cup second leg of the challenge cup finals between monza and for just got underway that one will be uh streamed live for free on, this. on
0: youtube youtube yeah so actually let's uh let's we can come back to CEV cup but let's talk about that first leg right now that was disappointing rob i know it, it, was, was. <laughs> it was it was a
1: disappointing first leg um for that monza team for sure let me just pull up the stats from it here um I was expecting more from them. I really was. Um but Shava, like
0: like all credit goes to them. It- for sure. Yeah, this this was in Poland, uh, and Varsava found out like pretty much at the last minute that Bartholomew Boange wasn't gonna be able to go. I think he had some kind of illness. Somebody told us he had a fever like the night before. And so they they started Linus Weber and he was pretty good. Dropped fifteen, didn't make too many unforced errors, uh blocked three balls. But uh, Kevin Tilly was the MVP to me. I mean, 14 for 26 with only one error is 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 really really impressive. Uh, Yuri Semenyuk super good too. 14 points and five blocks as a middle. Actually, both for Shava middles were having a lot of success serving. Uh, Andre Verona and Yuri Semenyuk uh, both getting aces with float serves is not a great sign for Monza. And yeah, every, you and I were both watching this game and it was one to one and we we're like, okay, we we got we got a battle on our hands here. This could be going quite the distance but uh, there was that late run in the fourth when uh monza really just could not side out i can't remember what rotation it was like what what server they were against but uh their reception definitely broke down a good bit there towards the end yeah i mean i'd ha- have to hate to say it but this one was this one was a bad
1: Stephen Mar game and maybe quite possibly one of his like lesser games of the season he was eight for 29 offensively with like what like a five percent efficiency, basically yeah. eight, eight for twenty nine with seven errors. Lepke was fantastic. Schwartz, Schwartz, right? Um, but it really seemed like to me Monza got beat down the middle. Like oh, yeah. they 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 it really did. got beat down the middle. Only eight points combined for Di Martino uh, and Galassi. Di Martino was two for seven, um, which is which is which is really not not great. And that's kind of where things broke down for, for 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 me for Monza. They need to release their middles. Um, and we've talked about it before that a good a good serving Monza game is is a good Monza game. This was not a good serving Monza game. Four aces to nineteen errors.
0: Yeah, that's not good. But the reception was the big problem to me. Only eleven percent perfect. If you're trying to set the middle, that is that is not going to happen on those numbers. Uh, got a seven times. Yeah, uh, Verona and Semenyu combined 22 points for the Vershava Middles. That That's a massive, massive difference. Now, Monza yeah. goes back home. Uh, we see teams serve better in their home arenas a lot. That game started uh, literally four minutes ago but uh for shava's in the commanding situation needing only two sets to win the cv challenge cup The 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 other thing i wanted to say here i didn't know this so looking at the stat sheet i know taylor averill hasn't been playing very much because he's been dealing with some knee soreness do you know that his middle name is constantine how cool no, is that <laughs> i did i did i did not taylor know that constantine ever. averill that's that's so perfect <laughs>
1: Apparently, he's starting or not starting, but he's on the roster for this one. He wasn't okay, on, that's on the good. roster for that the, this, this past one. Uh, it is 5 3 for, for Monza to start here. Uh, you talked about the serve receive though. To me, that has to be Gagini, like Gagini. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. That, that, that pretty has bad to be, I mean, I know this team is getting blown up essentially, but that has to be the biggest problem because what he got target twenty nine point times which is not what should be happening if you're the libero only fourteen percent x like perfect and he aced three times they try to bring in ran off the bench to solidify some serve receive he was just as bad as he's still coming back in he got aced twice on only eight attempts and he was thirteen and thirteen so um yeah just just the, that serve receive for uh for Monza isn't really good. Um you know that when Eric Lepke is almost one of your best serve receivers in the day, then that's 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 not a good look for you.
0: <laughs> so uh yeah, well everyone I'm I'm sure is probably watching on both screens while watching that other game as it gets started. Uh the other challenge cup final on the women's side, Novara beats Nantes in three. Um close in the first set. I thought we were gonna have some drama there for a little bit. Not very dramatic after that. Uh that series is likely over. And I don't really have that much to say about it, but at least wanted to, wanted to point it out that they do go to France this week though. I do like the, the, the not everything
1: about not looks nice. The not Neptune's not Neptune. the not. Great name. Great logo. The jerseys were good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So at least he got that going for you. See if they can pull uh, a miracle at home. All right. Let's talk about CV cup really quick too. uh first game, which we didn't watch much was Rosovia. Uh, this is on the men's side. Rosovia beating Fenerbahce. They just destroyed them, destroyed them. The first two sets, it wasn't even competitive, like twelve and seventeen, and then um, they made Fenerbahce it stole there one
1: for a second. Yeah.
0: It was almost, it was almost interesting. Almost, yeah. Uh, the stats on this game were just overwhelming because of how lopsided the first couple sets were. Stefan Boyer was very, very good. Seven aces is crazy uh, for twenty-two points total. And uh, the, Fenerbahce tried to ride Drazen Lubirich not twenty points, but like nineteen for thirty-seven, nine errors. Is, is probably not going to do it. And uh, they're neither Fenerbahce outside hitter got into double digits. Like the yeah. Tough. Uh, I think that this they do go back to Istanbul this week, though. So maybe something interesting could happen. I don't know. Yeah. The other yeah. one, though, we had our eyes a little bit more closely on this one. Uh, Arkas Izmir taking on Lundberg. Uh, Arcus did win at 3-0. We were hoping that this would be a little bit more competitive, too. Lundberg's reception was a problem big problem that was it was a little bit tough to watch and i mean
1: hey like Arcus is it that's the thing about loomberg though is that it is sometimes like men playing against boys just the way that that club runs and you've got a lot of young guys uh, on that team and you know what you've got some younger guys on the Arcus team but you also have gregor grozier right (laughs) like that (laughs) that that's that's enough that's enough a, a, as it is so um and and was it subasha was was also really good at yeah he was well. good he was good yeah and, eight, that's like that's 17 just, but that's old man strength right like subasha was was winning champions league matches for arkus before most of these some of these kids for loomberg were even playing volleyball that's so true yeah this 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 one like there was a few balls that he hit There was one ball that he hit in the first set and i was like Oh, he's going to have one of those games. Like, like <laughs> he is just going to have like an old man game. Like, like let's the, see how many points he got. Yeah. He had 14, just as, just as many as Grosher. He was 11 for 17.
0: Yeah. Pretty so good. He hit a 65%. Just like a, a this old left-handed outside hitter that barely touches halfway up the antenna and just like carves you to pieces being annoying. And uh, the exact opposite play style of that is F.A. Mondaraja, who was great to see out, him out there again. Um, he dropped 12, eight for 16, two blocks, two aces looked great. And, yeah, there's, the, the problem was Lundberg's reception. Uh, yeah. 7% perfect, 33% positive is abysmal. Yeah. And so in, bad. And
1: in g- general, um, Rob, whenever I see bad reception, I always look at the bullet barrel because they're the backcourt general, right? You got bad reception for Monza Gagini, just not up to the snuff. And usually we know that this guy is up to the snuff, but not on this day. Gage Warsley. Might be some of the worst numbers I've ever seen from him. Uh, Ace twice, 25% positive, 0% excellent on 12 options. They were just teeing off. Honestly, it looked like Izmir didn't even have a
0: serving strategy. It's just hit ball. Hit ball. Well, pretty good strategy. Uh, The only saving grace for Lundberg is they go back home this week. Uh, That game is, is it tomorrow? Yeah, it is tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, so hope hopefully we we get a miracle. If you're a Lundberg fan, you like all those North American guys. But uh yeah, Arcus looks very good. I know that's Berkai's team. He's very happy in the chat. Uh and if it happens to be uh Arcus versus Rosovia in the final of of C V Cup, that would be pretty fun. Like that would be a good series. Yeah, I think I think it would be fun too.
1: And I mean it it is it it is a bit of like it is a bit of a lopsided series. Like I do think on paper Rosovia is better than Arcus, but a, you have Glenn we've Hogue. We've seen what
0: Rosovia has done this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've seen what Roso- Rosovia has done this year, and we know what what, what what has happened with them. I think you have a very, very good coach in Glenn Hogue for Arcus who's able to run, like, like set up something good. And you've also got Grozier, right? Like, you have Grozier who's just able to, like, and I'm pretty sure he spent some time in Rosovia as well. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that that is that is something where, somewhere he's comfortable playing. Let's pull that up on Volleybox right now. Because I'm pretty sure he he spent some time playing for Bosnia. I do have a mental image him of him in that that Barbary and, and that, no I that, red and, nope. that red and that red and white striped jersey. 2000, 2010 to 2012.
0: Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you he, got he, it. He played, he played two, two seasons. seasons ago, a decade ago. But that was wow, like at the beginning. I can't of his oh, I can't yeah, believe God. you remembered that. That's incredible. Yeah, I just remember. Yeah, sure enough. To the, and that was right before. Oh yeah, that was right before he went to Belgrade, Belgorod in Russia for three years and won a Champions League. When yes. He was one of the best players on the planet. Huh, good mm-hmm. times, good times.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember because that was when he had just we played. We pl- Canada played Germany in the 2010 World Championships and they crushed us. That was the year that we beat Serbia and then couldn't get out of pools. And I was so enamored by the way Grozier played, so I started watching him way more and wanting to watch groser play was how i started to watch champions league way more
0: ah yes awesome and then here he is like single-handedly carrying a team to the olympic it's at age like 39 or whatever he is crazy he
1: might might be one of my favorite right sides of all time
0: mine too like
1: all my all-time team i might put groser in there and i know he's not necessarily the best but oh the things that this man could do
0: yeah. Him, uh, Ivan Milkovic, and Clay Stanley are probably my top three in some order. He's God, the girls are so good. Um quickly let's talk about women's C E V Cup. Um uh, did beat Budovani Woods. I didn't see that yes. coming. I also didn't watch no. this game. So I don't know anything about it, although they are playing the second leg right now. Uh so we'll see. And that, that's actually in Switzerland where uh, I mean Neo could win two sets and go to the final which would really come out of nowhere. And then Kieri beat Paris Saint-Cloud and actually a really fun five-setter. And we were watching that one a little really, bit in our uh, watch really along last week. Really fun five-setter.
1: PSC looked really good. They did. Yeah, they did. PSC, PSC looked really good. Um, didn't really recognize anyone from their team, but they were able to stay in there right, with, nicely with Kierry. And I really I really rate Kierry. I mean, Avery Skinner kind of led the way once again. She was 20 through 48 with a block uh, and an ace total for, for 25 points. Um, and Grabelna added another 20 points, five blocks for Gra- Grabelna on the outside, but offensively, not really quite there. 13 for 49 with 12 errors altogether. Terrible efficiency Oof. there by Gra- Gra- yeah, that's, Grabelna. That's
0: not very good. No. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's CV cup on the women's side we're <laughs> sorry. We've got to, got to allocate our resources somewhere. There's just too much CV volleyball going on uh so yeah i think there's two games going on live i think that covers all the games from last week ever did we miss anything or can we move on
1: no that was it was a lot like that wednesday was a lot to watch oh, it, was it was a lot, lot of fun if you were if you're tuned into very live which long hopefully you enjoyed it it was fun for me just to sit there and we were just like shooting the shit
0: yeah that was great i had a great time so yeah i think this this week the games are a little bit more spread out between wednesday and thursday which i kind of like uh, but probably no watch along this week because I will be running all over the place doing stuff here in Arizona. But uh before not, we Yeah, there's not enough stuff
1: going on, you know, at once for there to be a watch along this week.
0: True. Yeah, they're they are all kind of staggered, which I like. Uh before we move on to some domestic league domestic league news, because there is plenty. ever let the people know about that volleyballstore.com.
1: Absolutely. I'm not I'm not in uniform today. I came straight from a job interview. Ran home in the pouring rain and uh, there's actually thunder and lightning outside so uh but absolutely if you head over to that volleyball store use the code spicy you can get 15 off of your entire order from all of our gear you get the spicy uh spicy volleyball um which okay rob this sam my partner hit me with this the other day and she was just like w- like what do you call that logo and i was like oh spicy volleyball she's like why don't you call it pepper and i was like we're so dumb we're we're yep. we're, we're we're so dumb. The fact that we just haven't been calling it literally for years—we've been calling it spicy volleyball—and why don't we just call it Pepper? Like it makes it makes so much yeah,
0: sense. Yeah, she's onto something there. I mean, I, I have a cat named Pepper for God's sakes. I didn't even name him that, but it's uh, its its so amazing that like Pepper is a volleyball can, word. And that we
1: put, can we put Pepper on a shirt?
0: Well, we can. I actually have a cat right behind me too. Now uh, there there are two cats here at my parents' no, place I- in Scottsdale. <laughs>
1: I want to I want to put pepper your pepper on a shirt. Oh yeah, but that and, and that, sell, that can be and arranged sell pepper, and, and sell pepper shirts. But yeah, use the code SPY to get fifteen percent off of your entire order.
0: Yep, hit that volleyballstore dot uh, One of the things that you can get, of course, is the Wears Daddy collection. If you uh, if you like Daddy Stankovic as much as we do, uh, we certainly do. He's the best because we hide him somewhere in every show, and if you try and find where he is, uh, you get a shout out the following week. I actually need to go uh, pull up our comments from last week to figure out who to shout out because the key is that you can't put the timestamp of where he is in live chat. You have to wait until the, the show is actually over. So uh, last week, sucks, man. yeah, he does suck. Last week we were talking about, um, Imoco Corneliana winning the Copa Italia again. And, uh, Several people found Daddy Stankovic there. He is front and center. He's right next to Juwan Volwalsh. He is, I believe, he's on Kelsey Robinson Cook's head. So Ozzy Tragic says Kelsey Robinson Cook Stankovic. Just add another hyphen to the last name. Um, Lifeless Vimo says most dominant Daddy on the most dominant team. Love it. Most so uh... <laughs> <Daddy>. Love <that. laughs> most of you guys found Daddy pretty easily. Uh, so if you find him this episode, make sure you uh, write down the timestamp of where he is. Wait till the live stream is over and comment that timestamp in the main YouTube comment section after the show. And you get a shout out next week. It's our favorite segment. Burkai. it's because the
1: CEV hates you specifically. <laughs> They're like, Burkai, we don't like you. You complain too much in the chats. We're going to put yeah. all of your favorite teams on at once.
0: Berkai, if you, you are not in a position to complain about match schedule times. We live on the other side of the world and we have it way worse. I promise. Uh, all right. Depending, Should, it. depending on how you look at it. All right, let's I move kinda, on to Italy.
1: I like the vibe of watching Champions League in the middle of the day. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um I won't lie Rob, I did not watch any of this this weekend because <laughs> I was coaching. Um so yeah, let's 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 go through. Let's figure out what happened this weekend let's in, go through in it. the
0: Itali- in the Italian League. So, this was the second to last weekend of the season and there uh there were there was plenty on the line. There's plenty of standings movement. We'll look at it in a minute. Uh the the most important results cuz some of these results were meaningless. Like Monza beating Padova, whatever. Uh, Milano beating Toronto, whatever. Like all those things are expected. Um, even Perugia beating Trentino, which like is the two best teams in the league, and is maybe even the best two teams in all of volleyball. It didn't matter for the standings because we already knew that Trentino was locked into the number one seed, mm-hmm. and Perugia's locked into the number two. So even though Perugia packed the house with over five thousand people, which is awesome, and they won this match three to one, it didn't actually matter that much. So let's take a look at the standings. Here's what we know. We actually know who the eight playoff teams are because yes. Modena won. Modena beat Catania in four and she's lost to Verona. She's is now in ninth. They trail by four points with one match remaining. They are out. Modena is in. Modena will have the eight seed. So we know that Modena versus Trentino will be a first round matchup. One versus eight. We know that Perugia is the two seed. Uh, and we also, we've known for a while Catania is relegated and she's staring at Padova and Toronto now. Will miss the playoffs. What we don't know is three through seven, and that's where all the drama is coming in this week. We've got Piacenza at forty, oh. Lube thirty-seven, Verona, Monza, Milano, all thirty-six. Is that right? Am I reading that correctly?
1: Yeah. So yeah. there's there's the, the big three to first look at is Monza, Verona, Lube, especially since Lube, Lube, Verona are playing each other. Um, yes, they are. The, only way the only way i think for monza to get fourth is uh verona would need to win in five
0: right uh yes if if verona wins verona wins in five and monza takes care of chisterna and they get three points they would they would jump up to 39.
1: or is it points or wins first it's points first it's points points first yeah okay points then wins so then that's that's the one way other otherwise um, whoever wins that matchup
0: is going to, will will get fourth. Right. And uh, Piacenza is very likely to take third. Uh, it's not locked in. Cause if Lube gets three points and True. Piacenza gets zero, then uh, Lube has the tiebreaker and wins. So Lube might, might grab third if that happens, but uh, Piacenza plays Modena this weekend and Modena has nothing to play for because they're now yeah. completely locked into the eight seed. So it's very likely that, that Piacenza will be the three. Uh so what's going to be interesting here is who ends up getting the 7 seed. Right now it's Milano on tiebreakers and they actually play Perugia this weekend which if if seeds hold as they are that's going to be a quarterfinal series just like it was last year. So that could be very interesting and maybe like I'm curious to see what Perugia does. Do they do they play the guys or do they kind of let Milano have the game? Or do they try to destroy Milano to keep them in the seventh seed and play them again in the playoffs if they feel good about the matchup? I don't know I
1: think if you're Perugia right now, you don't you you focus on yourself right If you're Perugia and you want to win the championship in your head, you can beat any team in your head you don't like it, it's anyone if you're Leone, you want Milano
0: oh yeah oh, if yeah.
1: you're Gianelli you want milano right if 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 you're one of those guys you you want milano not to, not this weekend you want milano in the in the playoffs right if i was perugia i wouldn't play the guys this week i would really? sit them on the bench i would sit them on the bench you're not going to get caught for a second you are firmly in second and like yeah why not Gear, yeah. gear up, like put put your put your guns away and, and, and tell Milano like we want you in that we want you in the playoffs.
0: Thing is that if Milano wins, if Milano takes points from Perugia, then there's a great chance that Milano moves out of the seven spot and Perugia ends up playing somebody else. So like that, that that's Once what yet, I'm I, wondering I, is like I, does I really Perugia Yeah. If I'm Perugia, I agree with you. I wouldn't care about the matchup. But uh they they just you know they they played the guys, they beat Trentino, although Trentino started Gabriele Nelly, which is a massive handicap. And uh, Perugia got that win. Whatever, if, if they want if they want that to prove anything about themselves, great. But uh, yeah, Perugia's sights are set on things much higher than the than a meaningless regular season game this weekend. I'm just curious to see how like how that affects where Milano ends up because that because that's who they're playing. And then uh, so what are the other games? Lube versus Verona is obviously enormous. Um, and then Monza needs to take care of Cisterna if they're going to try and move up and get home court advantage because you do get. Uh, you do get those three g- games at home instead of two if you're a top four seed. And I would normally
1: say, Rob, that this is like, this is a perfect opportunity for Monza to get those three points and potentially get themselves home court advantage. But I, I hesitate to say that against just like a tough, gritty Chisterna team. Like, what is tailfall? Like, like, to me, when you're in Chisterna's position now, you're fighting for a contract right yep, you're fighting for, for sure. contracts for sure. you're fighting you're fighting for for relevance for, for next year so maybe that's where a guy like tail fall kind of like turns it up and is like yo like we need to go
0: now like we and need to he, get to win like tail four's got some some record potential because i think he's still leading the super League in scoring and if he has if he has one more big match and that can like cement him for the season and then like leading the super Lega for the year in scoring like that stays on your resume forever no matter where you go. 100%, absolutely so if if i'm like and it's
1: like he's only he's 17 points out of buchkeger right now okay. so like that's a that's that's one thing to note but like is probably going to play this weekend right we're assuming for for catania and is and is going to probably put up some numbers <laughs> with it like, who's who's, who's playing um... so yeah if i'm tail full, i want to be able to like, why not push? Why not see if you can finish the year with, like, five points per set?
0: He's yeah. at 4.96 right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, good point. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that happens. The only match from this past week that I really want to talk about is Piacenza 3-Dong and Lube. Because that, that one actually did have pretty massive implications because Piacenza now has that that big separation in the points column in the standings. Um, Yuri Romano was good. 12 for 21 yes. attacking. Pretty darn good. Uh Lucarelli was good. Uh even Eduardo Kineski had double digits. But uh this, I mean, it's 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 so weird, man. The duality of Lube. As good as they were against Hulkbank on Wednesday, they were similarly pretty bad in this one. You you want to know the difference
1: is Botolo. And hey. I hate to say it because I think he's I think he's pretty good, but like it just yant really adds something. And yeah, their, offense, their offense is clearly centered around Nikolov. Like, their offense is, is made to be able to open up gaps for him to, to, to be able to score. Like, they weren't that effective um, in, in this one as much. But also, like, their serve-receive, you can't have Balazzo get eight, aced five times.
0: Yeah, that's right? not acceptable. You,
1: you, you can't get aced eight times in three sets. Yeah, their serve-receive serve just wasn't good enough. Um and then on the other
0: side, like, like other side, Piacenza just played a really solid match, a, a, a really solid yeah. match. Even Kineski with four aces. That's, that's very out of character for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lube, especially with, with Ivan Zaitsev still like mostly unavailable. Yeah. He didn't dress. So he's been out. Um, Lube's got some foreigner limit problems for sure, which in champions league, they don't have. So uh, definitely makes a difference for him being able to start Nikolov, Yant and Legumja, like three foreigners at the wings, which they, right now they can't do no exactly So it it's it's going to be interesting this this coming
1: weekend it's going to be interesting to see where everything falls to fall down i really hope that monza is able to kind of figure it out they just lost lead here on a towards got blocked which is which isn't great for me but uh
0: but yeah Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's let's try and move move through the rest of the show as quick as we can, so we can go and watch that game. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the games this weekend for Italy. Just to be clear, Monza versus Cisterna, Milano versus Perugia, Piacenza versus Modena, Catania versus Toronto, Trentina versus Padova, and Verona versus Lube. So only those teams from three through seven. Those are the only ones that really have anything to play for. Verona versus Lube is must watch, and then it's yep. it's it's the other those other teams like seeing if they can like piacenza playing modena who has nothing to play for monza playing chisterna who has nothing team standings wise to play for Mm -hmm. and then milano playing perugia like what's perugia going to do but uh, verona lube is must watch and and i'm excited about that because verona did just like kind of dismantle chisterna in a must-win game for chisterna over the weekend none of these games are going to be on saturday
1: too yeah they're all, they're all at the
0: same time there's the one early game for
1: Monza versus Sterna everything else is all at the same time
0: well that's okay like I get that when like when other other games results outcome or make might influence your strategy you have to play them at the same time so I get that just be a good way to use the multi-view function on volleyball world tv yeah exactly so um
1: I unfortunately won't be able to watch those ones live because they're all at noon eastern times and
0: I'll be coaching all right uh let's hit the PlusLiga really quick uh they, they've still got i mean so it's funny because the super like the, their regular season ends this weekend but the PlusLiga has eight at least seven in some cases eight more regular season games to play for teams which is crazy i think the liga volley Feminile also has like six so there, a lot of these other leagues still have a long way to go for the regular seasons uh the plus liga you can see the standings there there's been some movement um uh, the only notable game well kind of two notable games Savierce beat Luke Lublin three zero. The only reason why that's notable is because they're going to play in the Polish Cup semifinal. And then Rosovia laid an egg and lost to Norvid three to one, which is really funny. That that is really funny. Um, you also had a couple yesterday with a couple of I'm going to call
1: them upsets with the bottom with the bottom of the table getting yeah, some Yeah, great point. Katowice great point. getting a nice five set win over Olszan and Radom. A little bit of life getting uh, brought into their season with a full three points playing against Nissa, uh, which is huge. Um, Aquaman was massive in this in this one. Twenty eight points. He was twenty five for forty two, only Whoa. two errors. He had fifty five percent efficiency um, with two blocks and an ace as well. Uh, for Canadian fans, Brody Hofer was all right. He started the first two sets and then came on uh, in the fourth. He was seven for fifteen um for 8 points overall um just didn't pass all that great um mm-hmm. but yeah big win there for Radom off the back of Nikola Melnianats's uh 28 points he was a oh, plus yeah. he was a plus 26
0: in this match rob whoa <laughs> That's ridiculous. Love yeah. Aquaman. Shouts to him. And then uh, I was I was looking at the Norvid stats because they beat Rasovia, and that's just really funny. And anytime Norvid plays a super good game, I'm like, okay, how good was David Dulski? The answer was really good. 25 points, 21 for 35, 54% efficiency, which is crazy. But even yeah, better also- was Iman Bugera off the bench, uh, 16 for 20 with only one error, that's at outside right. hitter. That's crazy. What about uh, your
1: boy uh, Byron Ketarakis coming off the bench and setting uh, Norvid to the win there? Let's hey, go. Hey, how about that? A little, little Byron action. So, but hey, you know what? We've seen Byron kind of pop up a few times this year. I'm super stoked he's been able to, to play in in the Plus Liga. And yeah. uh, I think he's going to be involved. I, like right now, I'd almost have him as the third Canadian setter.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting summer at that position for sure. Yeah. Uh, on the Rosovia side, like Boyer, pretty bad. Um Chibu, extremely bad. Uh DeFalco, okay. Uh good. got benched and then came back. That's never a good sign. This,
1: this you know what? This has the hallmarks of just an Anastasi masterpiece. You know, it's just a bunch of <laughs> bunch of upset, grumpy players who are just not happy with each other right now. That's what not that's even who is right now.
0: Not even Anastasi, but it still feels like him. I oh wait,
1: you're right. It's not who yeah, is they have he?
0: Jampala Miday, the, the the bald man with the oh, weirdest shaped head in the whole world. Basic
1: basically the same thing. Pretty basically much the, pretty basically much. the same thing. Pretty
0: much. <laughs> Some Once Paulo again, these, day.
1: Just, just these old Italian guys who are like something in the nineties, and they're just—they're just all coaches now, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, for sure, you're great."
0: I don't understand. Oh. I don't understand how those guys keep getting jobs. Uh, anything else about Poland? No,
1: nothing, nothing, right. nothing much about Poland. I didn't watch much, much uh, Plus league of ball this week.
0: The only other thing I have on the list is the Pro Volleyball Federation. There were a ton of games this week. I think seven games. And it, I watched only a little bit. Uh, the only t- – I had one one takeaway is that San Diego won a game at home, which was good. They're not a doormat. San Diego, and then the other thing is, why did Vegas play four games this week when Grand Rapids only played one? Like, I saw Bro, the, this, like, four games this, in a week is
1: nuts. The scheduling and the of, of it is it's what's making it hard for me to fully jump into this league. It's what's making it hard for me to fully like wrap my 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 hands around what's going on because there's just such inconsistency of when the different teams play. I mean, I think I want to give a shout out to the Columbus Fury. They started the year off 0 and two and they've really stepped up well. They've they've improved up to three and two. Um it's it's we're really just starting to see let's see what some of the the, the results were from this week and talk through it where, where are the stats at for this this league uh, here too
0: pvf.volleyball.volleystation.com is where i usually go well
1: yeah because you can't get the you can't and you can't get to the Volleystation stats from their normal, yeah they have like a different a
0: different stat report embedded in the website which isn't as good they've got they've got to fix that
1: yeah, so let's go let's go through some of these games. Let's see, Vegas. How many
0: games did they play this week? Three? And they only yeah, played one four. and two. <laughs> they played four games. Four. Like back to oh you're right. To last Monday, which was the last show that we did. Like they they beat San Diego three oh, they lost to Orlando in four. They lost to Columbus in three, and then they lost, I think, last night. Uh yeah, they lost to Columbus and wait, did they did they play Columbus twice in like three days? Yeah. Why? Yep, they did it, and I I watched this, and it was a
1: home-and-home home too, so they had to fly from Vegas to Columbus on their day off, and I don't really know anything about PVF here, Rob, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're not flying private. No. You know, I'm guessing they're probably not chartering a flight. I'm guessing they're just going to be sitting in economy, because this is volleyball once once again, so that is absolutely uh, crazy, um, that
0: Columbus, I really don't understand that at all.
1: I do like Columbus's broadcast. Uh, I will say that uh, Reagan Cooper was big for them last night. She was tw- she went twenty one for fifty seven for twenty four points uh, for Columbus. We didn't really see Asia O'Neill. Uh, in this one and that's going to be a big thing as well like no Asia O'Neill and no Megan Courtney Lush for Columbus and they're is still able to pull out a win so Mm. uh, that's absolutely massive Hannah Maddox leading the way uh, for Vegas on their side of the net she was 15 for 45 Um, we're still seeing those low efficiency games um, in the PVF and I think that's really where you're starting to see that like that's really the the more i watch pvf volleyball the more i'm very under i I understand the american style of volleyball more it's really interesting like it's
0: it's a very defensive style Um, very very defensive i mean very very defensive credit to the i mean all all these these block defensive systems on, on all these teams are are just really carryovers from the ncaa these middles do good jobs of making moves and touching balls and like it's like a lot of these defenders that are digging all these balls, like keeping these rallies alive, are making easy plays. Like they're just in, they're just standing where the ball is hit, basically all the time. So I, I give a lot of credit to to the block defensive training of these teams so far. But we gotta find we gotta find some more ways to score some points, and uh, I, I I'm still looking to see at teams that are able to like really spread their offenses sideline to sideline in all six rotations. There aren't that many teams that are doing that super well yet. Uh, I was I watched a little bit of Orlando versus Omaha, and I liked the there's there's a matchup like we we talked about Jill Gillen a couple weeks ago a really really small Man. super dynamic outside well, hitter. She's not Orlando, really really small, okay? She's small, like, dude. She's about, like five eight. That's she's an insanely she's not small literally here. Okay, you like <laughs> you you made her look like teeny tiny. She's uh, a really small outside hitter at the pro level. Okay. But uh we saw her play against Maggie Cartwright, who also played for Arkansas. She was on uh she's on Omaha and came off the bench. Uh so that was fun because I, I liked that Arkansas team the th- this year in, in the NCAA. Yeah, dude, Jill Gillen's one seventy, one meter seventy. That's really short. That's okay, really sure. short for an outside hitter, but like more credit to her because she flies. I think, Rob, we have to talk about I do believe, I do believe
1: that we have our first thirty point performance though. <gasps> do no, we? Do, I don't know if that's our first one, but we did have a 30-point th- a performance in uh, San Diego's first win of the season over Grand really? Rapids. Really? A Tem- burger Tem- Tem- Temi Thomas-Ailara, uh, 30 points. She went 25 for 63 Whoa. Um, with five
0: blocks uh, as well. 30, man, and, and only four sets. 30 is a lot of points, dude. That is a lot of points. And and she's an positive outside positive. hitter. She's not even an opposite.
1: Because low-key Grand Rapids is, is my favorite team right now. Like I, yeah. I really like watching them play. I've said it before. I really like Simone Abbott and Claire Chosea on, on the left side. Amelia Dimitrova. I mean Dimitrova is good in this one. She 17 points. She was maybe not seventeen for 54. Claire Chausset is 10 for 56. Oof. Yeah, that's not great. Only five percent efficiency out that's there. Good. Um 21 overall for grand rapids 28 for san diego man i swear to god if one of these pvf teams just starts hitting like in a 30 percent efficiency these they're going to run the table
0: for sure that's what i'm saying
1: it's i uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see as because because right now let's let's be honest the foreign talent in the league is minimal right like, I think that's why we're seeing Omaha, like Omaha kind of stumbled on the gate, out of the gate. And I think because they were putting a lot of, a lot of expectations on, um, on Bethania De la Cruz and kind of expecting her to, to, to be the, the, the P one. I know they didn't really have Brooke Nunaviller, uh, at the time too. And I mean, she was really, really good, uh, against Orlando. She dropped 16 points, but I think we're starting to see that a lot of the, right, the, the PVS is just the MLS. Right in terms like it's you got solid America North America talent mostly American and you've got these stars that are kind of dwindling and 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 older age so well that's yeah
0: that's that's how you're going to construct it that 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 makes sense to me
1: yeah except for the fact that you know we're omitting the obvious fact that one vol one league one one league volleyball
0: league one league one they they have all the they have all the current talent but that's that, that that's that's the big thing like once that. I wanted to, I wanted to shout out to Ronica Stone, who plays middle for San Diego. Her boyfriend is Packers quarterback Jordan Love, which is pretty cool. Okay, okay, we
1: got our own little Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey situation.
0: <laughs> How about that going uh, on in uh,
1: the volleyball world? Right. We um, just
0: we just learned in the chat that Vershava took the first set in overtime over Monza, yeah, and that's that's big trouble for Everett because Vershava is one set away from winning the challenge cup.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vorsavo or Monza was up like eleven seven at one point too, mm. so uh, that's not a good. Um, looking forward, Rob, to what we got in the PVF this week. Um, we've got two matches on Thursday. Atlanta uh, will be taking on Omaha, which I think should be a good one, and then we've got the battle of the West Coast: San Diego taking on Vegas. So that one's going to be a nice little doubleheader on Thursday because you got the seven PM Eastern game and you get the uh, ten PM Eastern game. Uh, going on as well after that um on friday you're going to get orlando taking on grand rapids saturday san diego san diego taking on atlanta in the late game and then sunday we're going to be taking uh you're going to see columbus taking on orlando even monday we're going to have a doubleheader they love monday games in the they PBFA. do um a head header at the same time in the late night as atlanta is going to be visiting vegas and grand rapids
0: will be visiting san diego Okay, a lot of games, and uh, at least the, pretty much all of them are live on YouTube, right? Every single one is is, is yeah. live on YouTube. I have to say,
1: San, I think um, Columbus has a really good broadcast, uh, and I think Vegas has has a really good broadcast as well. In right. terms of in, in terms of commentary and stuff like that, yeah. Everything else is actually we need.
0: Ever I'm can just, this can this rant wait for wait for another time or does it have to get? Yeah,
1: now? no, it's because it's going to be the exact same thing next week. We're still not going to get any anything else. But uh, yes, <laughs> that's done. Let's let's go watch Monza versus Vershava. I'm also let's trying.
0: go watch Monza versus Vershava. Uh, thank you, people. Thanks for being flexible with our crazy schedule. We should be back to Monday evening North American time next week. Um, big big week of Champions League. Obviously, last day Italy on Sunday. Uh, Getting the volleyball source Discord links in the description if you're not in there already. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time peace I'm. this one's not good already <laughs> oh, no no